and certainly heightened by the fact that we are the Jets. In Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it! And the Big Ten Championship is in And now, broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. And uh, Cleveland, Cleveland rocks. No, not as far as I'm concerned. Cleveland sucks. And Eric Fry. Kumbaya, and it's all good. And... It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. happening out there it's another day another edition of the uh, starting lineup live here on the air on 98.9 the game espn radio travis sparks eric fry hanging out with you here on a, a tuesday august 22nd 2023 and we're here in the nice cool confines of the uh, studios because it's still hot outside and uh, as we speak we got some sports cancellations uh, coming in uh, to us so we'll uh, get you up to date on all the local sports cancellations that happened yesterday as well as the ones uh, that are going on today and we'll constantly be updated uh, throughout the day on the website fmradio.com due to that excessive heat so I uh, want to make sure that you'll be aware of that and also we got some other things to uh, hit up on besides the local sports we got Major League Baseball to hit up on from uh, last night uh, we got some NFL news and notes uh, that we'll be uh, getting to and uh, we uh, got some stuff that Eric wanted to talk about with uh, NASCAR uh, that he didn't get to talk about yesterday on the uh, podcast I know I'll update you on NASCAR pick them and whatnot in the playoff picture will get his takes on that as well and also coming up in the uh, pod we got area coaches to uh, uh, talk to as well as we got uh, three possibly four uh, squeezing in uh, today on the uh, podcast so uh, make sure you stick around uh, for uh, that and also we continue on with our uh, football previews as we got the uh, conference that we're talking about today and previewing is the Lincoln Prairie Conference brand new landscape uh, there with a closed conference 10 teams now there reside in the Lincoln Prairie and also includes the Cumberland Pirates and of course you can hear Cumberland Pirate uh, football all season long over on WCRA Eric will have you covered over there with Cumberland Pirate football so uh, we'll get his takes on uh, where uh, Cumberland is at as we enter the new season as we get closer to uh, Friday night or we hope they play on Friday night yeah, yeah, uh, but 
kind of a lingering question I've had in the back of my mind this whole week. So Right. I'll tell you, last night I, I got out of the gym and I stepped out and that just heat just hit you. And it was so late at night. I was like, wow. And I looked at my phone and it was like 84 degrees, like yeah. 8 o'clock at night. And so it was in, feels like 98. And Thursday is going to be the worst day. Thursday, yes. Thursday's but be Friday, worst. I think, is only supposed to be like an overnight low of like 70. So it's not going to be quite as bad. But I think 92. Yeah. Friday. So we'll just uh, have to wait better. and see. Bearable on that. 92. Yeah. Bearable. I mean, when you compare it to triple yeah. digits yeah. Uh, as the high previously on Thursday. But uh, we'll uh, update you on all the information that we have uh, coming up later in the week. And also a programming note, those St. Louis Cardinals, we'll talk about them coming up in just a second, but uh, they are not allow us going to have a live show tomorrow as their pregame show it kicks off at 1040. So uh, no live show here on 98.9, but we'll be over on the podcast because we still got uh, more coaches to talk to as well as we got another conference to uh, preview as well as we have our final area conference that we're taking a look at tomorrow so uh it's a little heads up and a programming note uh no live show tomorrow due to those pesky cardinals and pirates afternoon uh baseball there the in game. pittsburgh yeah getaway day on a wednesday afternoon not quite so warm there in uh, pittsburgh as it is here in the midwest i don't think so well, and maybe the cardinals will want to get away <laughs> Exactly. Like those old commercials, want to get away. Absolutely. After last night's performance. Of course, uh, we uh, start out the Start Atlanta by uh, thanking those people that are making the Start Atlanta possible. They're McMahon Meats, Tingley Insurance Agency, Worth Computer Repair, and Tatabla's Estate Bank. All right, without further ado, uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, let's get it started. And let's hit it up with today's edition. And uh, let's get it started with what we always do. It's first things first. Before we get into the show. First things first. And we're starting off in Major League Baseball from last night as two area teams in action as the Cubs. They're in Detroit as they take on the Tigers. And they win it in the ninth inning. And it helps the Cubs take their third straight game as they won over the Tigers 7-2-6 last night over Detroit. So, uh, Cubbies getting another win. Yeah, but it wasn't uh, pretty. No? It, it, it All was, that matters is you got the dub. I know. But being up 4 nothing, Travis, through 4, you, you hope that you can hang on to it and not have to come from behind, which they did. And who was it who caused the Cubs to fall behind? Mr. Baez. He got one of those ah, RBIs late in the game. And, and then we gave up another run in the bottom of the ninth. So we almost gave it away, Travis. Hmm. Almost gave it That's away. That's why I'm. I'm not. You know. Yes, it's a win. Yes, we're now in the second wild card spot, not the third wild card spot. There's a lot of things to be happy about, but I'm not because this easily could have gone the other way. And then I think you got a lot more questions. Uh, you know, if you do lose to the the Tigers, let's be honest. It's the Tigers. They're not. They're not great this year. They're not great most years. So. Hey, Mayor, 57 and 68. They are third in the AL Central, so that goes to 
show you where the White Sox and Royals are. But yeah. hey, the Tigers are in third place. So hey. put some respect on Detroit's name. And we'll be talking about the White Sox coming up in uh, <laughs> yeah. a little bit, Travis. <laughs> yes, we will. But uh, all that matters is that uh, Chicago yeah, got so the win. And uh, I know the coulda, shoulda, woulda. You wouldn't have liked to not let up a run in the yes. ninth inning. Uh, but, hey, uh, all that matters is you got the – well, you raise the W flag, <laughs> if you will, if you believe in that. Yes. Uh, and like you mentioned, the Giants, they – uh, lost previously, and was that last night? Yeah, or last that... night they lost to the Phillies. Mm, yeah, and yeah, they did. Yeah. And uh, so uh, that slides the Cubs into the second wild card spot. Yep. Uh, half game up on the uh, Giants now. Yeah, look out, Philly. We're coming for you. <laughs> coming for you. They got a three-game cushion at the number one wild card. Look out, Brewers. We're coming uh, for you. <laughs> Two and a half back. Uh, Milwaukee was off last night, so uh, they didn't play. Uh, speaking of a team that, well, didn't play, uh, that was the St. Uh, Louis nice Cardinals. <laughs> that was the St. Louis Cardinals as uh, the Pirates jumped all over the Cardinals. and uh, jumped all over uh, the newbie uh, Rom last mm-hmm. night as uh, he not a uh, an impressive stat line that you would write home about. Uh, there. You want me to read it to you, Travis? <laughs> Go for Three it. Three and two thirds, eight hits, eight runs, six earned, four walks, four Ks. Mm-hmm. Ninety pitches to get through three and two thirds. Yep. Fourteen point seven three ERA. Yep. A lot of traffic on the base pads, and when you walk four batters, you get yourselves in some trouble. And <laughs> I thought that uh, it was a little harsh on the. Uh, television broadcast of the postscape show but uh Aller Boski tells it like it is the mad hungarian uh he said that he didn't see a single pitch that was uh, major league worthy uh from Ooh. mr rom so <laughs> a little harsh for the first kids first outing Here, here's uh, but the problem, Travis. Eh, it is what it is he he gave up those eight runs the guy you brought in casey lawrence wasn't much better i mean he yeah. went four and a third gave up eight hits only three runs but still eight hits two walks five k's that's still not great. Yeah, no. Nope, the Cardinals' only uh, lone run and came in the uh, fifth inning, uh, Andrew Kisner uh, home run, and that made it 8-1 to one at that Woo-hoo. point. And the Pirates uh, tacked on uh, there to win it, going away 11-1. to one. Pirates what? getting the uh, dub, and now – uh, we're 13 and a half uh, out in the Central, yep. and so we're in – the last way a dead last by one and a half games now mm-hmm. so what i found funny travis is that neither starting pitcher went four innings is that the baseball we live in I it is that. yeah i hate 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 that hatch pitched well why couldn't he kept going i mean i only had 45 pitches through three innings, three innings so two hits one k one walk i don't know why you i don't know i don't get it i don't get the whole Oh, it's a bullpen game. No, you have starting pitchers for reasons. Uh, It seems like he's uh, an opener type of pitcher because, I mean, uh, his uh, game against the Braves, he went four innings. But other than that, he doesn't go longer than that. So it's like it's an opener. He's an opener. It's not a starter. He's an opener. That's how it is. Like you said, it's the world we live in. I hate it. <laughs> it's baseball. But Travis, that we have today. Your Cardinals can feel a little solace in knowing the fact that uh, runs were a plenty uh, last night, 
all around the diamond. It wasn't just the Cardinals that got beat up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. So uh, let's go ahead and take another whip around here to the uh, majors. Last night uh, we mentioned that Philly beat San Francisco a ten to four, and Bryce Harper had himself an inside the park home run, yeah. yep. and uh, Aaron Nola goes seven strong innings as Philly beats San Francisco. It was the uh, Mets uh, getting uh, the win over the uh, Braves, and it was a, a ten to four uh, final there. So a a chari- uh, uh, not charity, but a morale win for the Mets. They were able to beat the Braves. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, so. you're not doing much on the season, but at least you beat your rivals, who are the best team in baseball. Yeah. Uh, the Astros they got the win over the uh, Red Sox a nine two of four. Chase McCormick goes deep twice in the Houston victory mm-hmm. over Boston. Uh, the red hot Seattle Mariners beat up on the White Sox fourteen to two, and now their win streak stands at seven straight games. Now for Seattle. No Julio Rodriguez didn't matter for the Mariners. They, yeah. They probably could have thrown out their triple-A team and beat the White Sox. Well, yeah. White Sox, 49-76 and 76 this season. <laughs> yep. So, hmm. uh, so uh, with the uh, Mariners uh, getting uh, the uh, win later on, uh, the uh, Diamondbacks walked off the uh, Rangers in 11 innings, and it was uh, Tommy Pham to run double in the 11th. Gives him uh, and the Diamondbacks. The win, and that's the Rangers' fifth straight loss uh, in a row. So I was, Seattle now only two back in the West. I was going to say, did you see the bat flip from Marte? I did not, know. Yeah, he, he homered off of Chapman to tie the game. And uh, it, it wasn't a Jose Bautista, like, throwing it, but it was just kind of a little flip as he was walking down the first baseline. Just a little flip. But still, Travis, four, I see you right there. 45% full of attendance for the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, that's a good game. I get it's a Monday night, but that's a good game with two teams that are both fighting for playoff spots. Yeah. It's not like mm-hmm. it's the Pirates and the Cardinals. Yeah. No, but it still had uh, more attendance than the uh, Pirates and Cardinals. It was only like a 32% capacity uh, what I was looking at yeah, uh, there at Pittsburgh. Yeah, 12,000 people. So, yeah. Uh. Yeah, so still 21,000 came out to the uh, ballpark uh, to see Arizona, and uh, they uh, needed that one yeah. uh, there. And uh, their third straight win uh, as they are now half game back of the uh, Giants for the third and final wild card spot. Putting some uh, pressure on them. There. And uh, then uh, the uh, matchup of two of the teams that are in the cellar, the A's and Royals, the A's walked it off and won against KC 6-4. And then the uh, Padres, they got the win over the uh, Marlins, 6-2. Hung So Kim's Grand Slam helps Slam Diego get the win over Miami uh, there. And yeah, Padres falling out of it, but uh, picking up the uh, dub. And uh, Marlins now one and a half back after dropping their third in a row. Now of the third and a final wild card spot and the Reds were supposed to be in action against the Angels last night but that game was uh, postponed due to uh, some uh, weather uh, with uh, Hurricane Hillary or is it Hurricane Hillary or Tropical Storm Hillary? I think now it's a tropical storm but when it made landfall it was a hurricane. Yeah so uh, that game did not happen there and I saw what uh, the parking lot of Dodger Stadium looked like the other day uh, full of water so 
bad situation now in Cali. Uh, they're postponing uh, that game with the uh, Reds uh, there. Uh, tonight is uh, the uh, Cubs. They got uh, Drew Smiley going against the uh, Tigers tonight. Uh, the uh, Cardinals, uh, they're throwing out Adam Wainwright against uh, Oviedo for the uh, Pirates in that game right here. 5-10 start time again here on 98.9. And we, tr we said, Travis, this is one of his games. This is one of the ones that he needs to perfectly get that magic number at Bush. Mm-hmm. Yep, needs he needs this it. One. <laughs> he needs it. It's an important one uh, mm -hmm. to get tonight. Uh, other matchups going on. Uh, the uh, Orioles and uh, Blue Jays are uh, matching up. The Yankees, they're back in action, and, and uh, they're throwing out Carlos Rodon uh, tonight against the uh, Nationals. Uh, luckily, uh, the Dodgers are in Cleveland uh, to start out the week. Noah Syndergaard going up against one of his former teams as he's pitching for Cleveland now. Going up against L.A., uh, you got uh, Justin Verlander going for the Astros tonight against Boston. Uh, Minnesota starting their series with the uh, Brewers here at the uh, beginning of uh, the week. We'll see if Seattle can keep it going against the uh, White Sox. Uh, the uh, Reds and Angels are scheduled to, to uh, play, and Lucas Giolito going for uh, the Angels, and uh, Zach Gallian is uh, scheduled to go for the Diamondbacks against John Gray for the uh, Rangers, and Blake Snell going with tonight for San Diego. Before we wrap this up, Travis, it is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. And I know we went to way back Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. before the break, but I'm feeling a, a Dinger Tuesday today. Mm, we're going to resurrect Dinger for, Tuesday. For one week. For one week only. For one week. We, we'll go back to way back Wednesday tomorrow. Okay. Say Suzuki, Travis, for the Cubs. Back-to-back mm -hmm. -back days, he's hit home runs. He has three home runs in the past week. He's going to go deep again. He's feeling that home run swing. Got it going Suzuki. on. Yes. That's who you got. That's who I got. Hmm. Really kind of putting me on the spot. This month he has five homers, Travis. He only has 13 for the entire season. He's got five this month. Hmm. So he's really found that home run swing. Hmm. Uh, you don't have to pick anybody. This was just me. I was just going to do it. So. Okay. I won't. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. That, was, that wasn't my intention. Mm, I won't. He I won't pick anybody. He had two home runs the entire month of July, Travis. He's got five already. So <laughs> he's he's feeling it. He's heating up. He's heating up just like the Cubs are. Yeah. To a wild card. There you go. We'll see what happens tonight at 540 is when uh, they'll be playing the Tigers uh, there. And we'll, of course, be watching for that Adam Rainwright game tonight. Mm -hmm. As well. All right. Uh, so, uh, Mia, we move along here and uh, we'll uh, come back talking some uh, local sports, some of those uh, cancellations that we'll update you on, and a lot of uh, volleyball getting underway uh, last night for opening night in uh, that sport. So, we'll take a look at those scores coming up next here on the Star Lineup. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
This is Lucas Kroening with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together we can save lives. Your trips to Rule King just got more rewarding. Say hello to Rule King Rewards. Earn points with every purchase you make in store on farm supplies, feed, clothing, tools, and more. Get a $5 reward for every 500 points. The more you buy, the better it gets. Don't waste another minute. You can be earning points right now. Sign up at the register today. It's totally free and easy. Reap the rewards at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. There are only three northern white rhinos left in the world. But together, we can turn things around. Your support to the San Diego Zoo Global Wildlife Conservancy helps support groundbreaking solutions. Join us now at endextinction.org. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix Finder, only at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year. Which means... Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash back match. Only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. And now... Already been postponed. Didn't think a hockey game was possible to get postponed, but I guess due to some inclement weather... Uh, coming in it is. How about that? Something's not right. You don't say. The starting lineup. If you're talking, Eric, by the way, I can't hear you. You lost the network connection. All right. On 98.9 The Game. If you're talking, Eric, by the way, I can't hear you. You lost the network connection. All right. Starting lineup, 98.9 uh, The Game, ESPN Radio, Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here with you. Let's take a look at uh, some local sports. Some local sports uh, got uh, canceled or uh, postponed 
last night in high school baseball. It's topless saying Windsor's two straws was uh, supposed to happen, uh, but uh, that was uh, canceled due to uh, the uh, temperatures. Also, a golf match with Taylorville, Mattoon, Mount Zion. That was uh, canceled as well. Also, other golf matches, Altamont and uh, Topless, Sandoval, or host to uh, have a meet. That was canceled. Newton, Casey, Lawrenceville, Robinson, they were all supposed to be all in the, uh, that got canceled. And in uh, soccer, we did have one match that uh, did uh, take place. That was uh, Mount Zion defeating Argenta 8-2-0. And uh, Greenville and Altamont, uh, that game uh, got pushed back a couple times. Well, they ended up having to uh, cancel it due to the extreme uh, heat as well. So that game just got straight canceled. And it will be uh, uh, made up at some point, but uh, don't have the exact date as of this moment and also in high school tennis we had topless and charleston canceled and paris and newton canceled slash postponed as well let's take a look at uh, some uh, stuff that uh, did happen uh, from yesterday in the junior high softball south central defeated altamont 14 to 0 dietrich also shut out north clay 10 to nothing and vandalia Got the win over CHBC of 15-3 in a junior high of baseball. It was a single St. Michael getting the win over CHBC of 12-0 uh, there. And we also had a volleyball opening a night last night. And a lot of area action here in the NTC, Okaw Valley. They defeated Brownstown at St. Elmo in two sets, 25-19, 25-13. In the Apollo, it was FEM getting the win in a three-setter over uh, Salem. Uh, FEM wins the first set, 25-18. Salem wins the second set, uh, 25-23. And then the third and decisive set goes to the Hearts, 25-19. It was Rochester defeating Taylorville in a three-setter as well. Taylorville gets the opening set win, 25-19. But Rochester comes back in the second set, 25-21. And then the third and final set goes to the Rockets, 25-13. Little line-eye action to Topolis gets the win in Casey as they defeat the Warriors, 25-18, 25-21 in a two-setter. Fairfield gets the win over Alney in two sets, 25-18 and 25-22. And Paris gets the win over Heritage. Paris takes the first set, 25-23. Heritage comes back and wins the second set, 25-15. And then Paris wins the third set, 25-21. In the Lincoln Prairie, it was Oblong getting the win over Tri-County in two sets, 25-19, 25-18. It's Tuscola over Sarah Gordo, 25-21. Sarah Gordo wins the second set, 25-16. But Tuscola comes back and wins the third set, 25-14. Central Illinois Conference making Meridian over Sullivan in two sets, 25-20, 25-13. And in the South Central Conference, it was Father McGivney over Gillespie, 25-22, 27-25. And Oakville defeated Greenville, 25-13 in two sets there. Both of those scores were 25-13 there. So uh, that was all the action that happened uh, there yesterday. Lots of volleyball mm-hmm. matches happening on opening night on Monday night and a lot of volleyball is happening tonight as well. Uh, we do have some uh, schedule changes for the uh, baseball games as of right now. Uh, Neoga and St. Anthony, that game has been pushed back to about 7 o'clock. Uh, Brownstown and uh, North Clay also start time is pushed back a little bit as well. Uh, South Central is supposed to take on Windsor's Two Straws and CHBC is set to host Dietrich 
as well. But uh, make sure you stay tuned to the website to see if any of those games uh, get canceled or postponed again. Uh, also in uh, golf matches, Greenville and Piasol at Carlinville, Hillsborough and Williamsville at Litchfield, Girls Golf, FEM supposed to host Topless, Hillsborough, Roxana, Litchfield all supposed to have a meet in Girls Golf. And uh, boys and girls golf, uh, Shelbyville, Windsor's Two Straws, Staunton, and Auburn at Pena, Arcola, Clinton, and Oka Valley in a meet at Arcola, Casey Marshall, Oblong at Paris, uh, Warrensburg, Latham, A&M, Royal Forsyth at Megan Meridian, North Mac at Waverly, uh, supposed to happen as well in uh, soccer, uh, St. Anthony and uh, Vandalia. Uh, supposed to happen uh, Athens in Mount Zion, uh, Mount Zion traveling there to Athens, Metamora at Muhammad Seymour, uh, Arthur hosting Georgetown Ridge Farm, Argenta at St. Joe Ogden, Macon Meridian at Athens, North Mac at Riverton, and Lincolnwood at Litchfield, in a tennis action uh, Newton at Salem, Mount Zion at Casey, Flora at Paris, Shelbyville at Vandalia, Civic Memorial at Hillsboro, Muhammad Seymour at a Gibson City, Melvin uh, Shipley, and also a, a full slate of volleyball uh, tonight in the NTC. You got Martinsville and Brownstown, St. Elmo, Ramsey hosting Dietrich, CHBC at Mulberry Grove, Yoga at Oka Valley, Topless at Olney, Chrisman hosting Marshall, Paris at North Vermilion, uh, Oblongs at Cumberland, Tuscola hosting Tri County, Judah Christian against Arcola, uh, Saragorda at Warrensboro Latham, uh, Muhammad Seymour at Champaign Central. Central NM at Nicomis, Macon Meridian hosting Sullivan. And finally in the South Central Conference, it's North Mac at Beardstown, Carlinville at Bunker Hill, Hillsboro at Pena, and Piasaw is at the Roxana Tournament uh, there. We do have some uh, junior high cancellations uh, that we have as of now. Uh, the junior high cross-country meet at the Topless, so that is going to be canceled. Uh, FEM's uh, matchup with uh, Shelbyville in a junior high softball that has been canceled. Junior high baseball at Flora for Effingham has been canceled as well. So uh, that's all we have uh, as of now. But uh, we'll be a con constantly uh, updated, and I'm sure we'll be getting emails uh, throughout the day about more cancellations to come uh, for some of those outside activities uh, there. Make sure you stay tuned to the website, fmradio.com. And our local sports tab is where we have that local schedule up and they keep you up to date on all the changes uh, that we get uh, there from those canceled outdoor mm -hmm. activities. All right, uh, so uh, let's uh, move along here and uh, let's continue on with our high school football previews and our high school conference previews and today's day is the Lincoln Prairie and uh, that's the home of the uh, Cumberland Pirates over on a WCRA and uh, so uh, we'll take a look at that and the new landscape of the uh, LPC with a closed conference this year so we'll take a look at that coming up next and preview that on the starting lineup we'll be right back to the starting lineup on 98.9 the game we need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment 
This is Sherry Barnett, nurse practitioner with Prairie Cardiovascular in Effingham. You may have heard the term AFib on medical TV shows. AFib is atrial fibrillation, which is when the heart's two upper chambers beat out of rhythm. Some people with AFib have racing, fluttering, or pounding heart. Others may be short of breath or experience anxiety. Lightheadedness, dizziness, and fainting can happen as well. If you are experiencing these symptoms or are concerned about your heart health, speak with your doctor about seeing a cardiologist. Be good to your heart. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Totopolis State Bank. In Totopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year, which means... Wait, 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 hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first year cash back match, only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. So you ordered a new air filter for your car. You try to install it, but it doesn't fit. So you take a little bit off the sides. What still doesn't fit? Well, you could try to sit on it. Or get it right the first time with eBay Guaranteed Fit. When you see the check, you know that part's going to fit. Air filters, brakes, headlights, over 122 million parts. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. And now, Illinois, they won barely. And I, I had to laugh because after the game, Mr. C.J. Frederick for Iowa started crying. He's never been played like that before defensively. He just couldn't get open. They were grabbing him all game. He was fouled on every possession. They just wouldn't let me get open. The starting lineup. Start the crybaby sound effect. <laughs> Illinois wouldn't let him open. He was crying after the game. On 98.9 The Game. CJ Frederick. Get out of my gym. Welcome to the Big Ten, fella. Center update brought to you by Topless State Bank. Clay Clay College has added a skeet and trap shooting team for the upcoming season, so we'll look forward to seeing that. The Missouri Tigers are planning on using two quarterbacks during their season opener on August 31st. Eli Drinkwitz told reporters that he wants to see how Brady Cook and Sam Horn both do during game action in the first couple of contests before selecting a starter for the season. Horn was a highly rated recruit coming out of high school, but he was redshirted last season. Cook was Missouri's starter last season, completing 65% of his passes for over 2,400 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 7 picks. The uh, Tigers host South Dakota Coyotes on August 31st. The Bears might not be the only team looking for a new stadium. Chicago Business is reporting that the White Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf is considering leaving Guaranteed Rate Field after the team's lease with the stadium expires. South Siders have played at Guaranteed Rate Field since 1991, and they still have six years left on the lease. The team released a statement saying that they haven't been any talks about a new stadium, but said those discussions should begin to take place 
soon. Lonzo Ball is officially out for the entire 23-24 NBA season. The Bulls guard confirmed that his latest knee cartilage will keep him out of action for another year. While speaking on Trey Young's podcast yesterday, Ball hasn't played since January of 2022 and has undergone three knee surgeries since then. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with the Sports on a Read. And I, I wanted to just really briefly touch on that because there was an ESPN article I saw about it where he went into detail more. Mm-hmm. And he even said, it's just a shame that this team didn't have the chance because he said it, it was the best team that was built for him, his playing style, and he felt they could have really done something. And he said it's a right. shame that we didn't get to see that potential team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yep, shame I you agree. can't stay healthy. That's yeah. the problem. It's you. Yeah, I agree. So, Lonzo, uh, man, ruined tough. it for all of us. Uh, and the White Sox moving, Travis. Yeah, but that. can't be Chicago's favorite team anymore. No. Nah. <laughs> that ship has sailed. That ship has sailed yeah, a long yeah, time ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, some uh, fortunate news coming out of uh, Chicago uh, yeah. there. And I thought you would like Missouri having two quarterbacks. Right. So yeah, can't saying, figure it out. Got two quarterbacks. You have no quarterbacks. Yeah, I didn't even realize that there's college football games this weekend. I know that uh, Notre Dame's playing in Dublin, uh, but USC's also got a game this Saturday as well. So, uh, we got to start ramping up our college football coverage and our NFL coverage as well. Those will be kicking off uh, very soon. And another thing that's going to be kicking off very soon is a Friday night of football. High school football gets underway, hopefully, fingers crossed, on a Friday night. And we continue on with our conference of previews. And uh, today is the Lincoln Prairies turn. And uh, we got a new landscape this year with two new teams added to this conference in uh, Sullivan and uh, Nokomis for uh, football. So that means they're a closed conference now. And I know that takes a lot of the burdens off the ADs and uh, searching for non-conference opponents and whatnot. So uh, the vibe that I'm getting from the coaches that I've talked to, they're really excited of adding uh, Sullivan and Comus to their schedules so uh, they don't have to worry about uh, scheduling purposes there uh, to make this a closed conference again. Yes, but, but, Travis, I, me as a fan, I am not as overjoyed about this as I should be. Yes, from an AD standpoint, scheduling standpoint, it makes things so much easier. But again, talking football, it's such a weak conference. Yeah, and you're only strong. You're only as strong as your your top teams yeah. in the conference with uh, playoff points and everything. You kind of beat up on each other and, a little and, bit. And how many times have we seen the Lincoln Prairie send four or five teams to the playoffs and they get trounced in the first round because they yeah. don't play anybody? in the regular season they just they you know the numbers just kind of look a little inflated because of some of the teams in the conference and now you don't have those non-conference opponents to kind of boost you up or give you a chance to see real competition i think of cumberland last year where the first two weeks of the season they played shelbyville and tuscola you know our Mm -hmm. cola the past couple years have played tuscola games yeah definitely a a good games uh, to be in and uh, speaking of uh, the uh, Cumberland Pirates uh, there they won uh, the uh, conference 
last year as their conference champions, and it was just big for the Cumberland Pirates to uh, finally win a playoff game in round number one, and it was a home playoff game yep. at yep. that. It's been a long time uh, since they won there at home in the playoffs. I know that they were kind of disappointed with the second-round exit, but uh, it was still huge for this program to finally pick up a uh, win in the playoffs and uh, they do have a lot of roster turnover yes. here to uh, start the new season. All those players that are from that great defense the last couple of years that are now uh, graduated. Uh, they also have a new uh, quarterback under center as well. Uh, Brady Olmstead is going to take over under center in his first crack at varsity action as well. Uh, some other players that might have a big impact for the Pirates, Kelby Beerman is one player to look out for as well as Blake McMeekin. As well, going to be uh, Mr. Everything and doing st uh, stuff out of running out of the backfield and catching passes out of the backfield as well for the Cumberland Pirates uh, this season who are defending conference champs. Yeah, Blake McMeekin has, uh, you know, I talked with Coach uh, a little bit, uh, went out and saw some Cumberland Pirate practice. Uh, Cade McMeekin, Blake's brother, um, is a sophomore on this team as well. He saw some some action is getting some more. But as, as you mentioned, Travis, you, you talked about, um, you know, Kelby Bierman. I'm not 100% sure if it's going to be Ol Olmstead or Bierman who is going to be starting quarterback. Hmm. Bierman was taking some of the reps I saw, and Coach was very high on him. He was very high on Ol Olmstead as well. So I, I'm going into week one. You know, we'll talk with Coach later on this week and kind of get an idea of that. But uh, I'm going into week one not really knowing – but even so, you know, this Cumberland team, you mentioned a lot of turnover, lost a lot on the line, which, I, you know, I think yeah. is going to hurt them. They got to build that back up. Um, but, uh, you know, they're just they're not a they're a young team. They're yeah. going to be a young team this year. And, you know, we'll see how this year goes. But I think it's going to help Cumberland for next year and the year after. But yeah. this year, maybe a little bit of some youthful learning pains. Right, yeah, those uh, growing pains that I always talk about. Mm -hmm. Another team that had a strong season last year, they uh, finished with an overall record of 8-3, and three, and uh, that was uh, Arthur Lovington, Alwyn Hammond. And, of course, this is a post-Caden Fagan world. He's up in the Champagne on the sidelines uh, for the Illini, and he was Mr. Everything there, a four-star athlete uh, there. And Arthur picked up a win in the playoffs over Vandalia. And then Fagan gets hurt on the first play of the game in the second round of the playoffs. And Johnson City, they eventually went on to the semifinals yeah. as well. So they're a pretty solid squad uh, there. And uh, uh, Jace Parsons looks like he's going to be uh, taking over at the quarterback uh, position as well. And Landon Waldrop also is going to be a big offensively uh, for them as well. Those two guys rushing the football probably. Uh, as well and uh, talk to uh, Coach Jefferson and we'll hear from him coming up in the uh, podcast and he was saying that uh, Parsons kind of has the same skill set as uh, Fagan obviously not as big right. as uh, Fagan uh, with the uh, weight room strength but uh, kind of they're going to try to run the same style of offense uh, there so you know, it sounds like they're out to prove that they weren't just a one-man show the last couple of years uh, with Fagan. Yeah, and, you know, anytime you get a D1 athlete, Travis, from a 1 or 2A school, obviously special. Yeah. Obviously very hard to replace. Sure. Those don't just grow on trees at the no. 1 or 2A level. So, 
Uh, I, I'm i going to be very interested to see if Arthur can respond and show, uh, you know, if they are that good of a team. And it, it wasn't just Fagan, but he was doing an awful lot last year, being the quarterback and on defense and running the football. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot to try and replace if you're Arthur. Definitely a lot of volume uh, there. Another team that made the uh, playoffs uh, and was a 6 and a 4 overall. That was uh, Villa Grove. They finally got their sixth win that had been eluded them for, it seemed like, the longest time in Coach Wilson's uh, tenure there. Uh, and they're trying to also replace a guy that did a lot for them, and that's Luke Zimmerman. He rushed the football, and he was also the leading tackler, one of the linebackers on the team uh, from a season ago. Uh, they do have their quarterback lane run back under center as well as the senior Brady Clodfelter one of his favorite receiver targets uh, out there as well just a couple of names from a skill position wise and we'll hear from coach Wilson as well in the uh, podcast to talk more about the uh, weapons uh, that are surrounding uh, this Villa Grove Blue Devils team who are uh, returning uh, quite a bit from a year ago for Uh, Coach Wilson. Yeah, you know, and Villa Grove, it seems like every year they're right there at that four to five, six and three mark. Always, always. a five and four. So I, you know, I, again, that's a mark of a good team to always be consistently right there, but I'm looking for them to, again, take a step. Mm-hmm. Right. Step up a little bit, and we'll, we'll see if this year's the year. Uh, Arcola, they missed the playoffs uh, for the first time in uh, Coach Lindsay's tenure, 2020 notwithstanding. And uh, this was also uh, the first time missing the postseason since 2013 last year. And uh, there are some changes with the Purple Riders uh, squad. Coach Lindsay uh, stepped down from the uh, head coaching uh, position to spend some more time with his family. He still is staying on there at Arcola as principal and athletic director. And he's handing things over to a college teammate when Coach Lindsay was a senior there at Eureka College. Uh, the man that's going to be taking over the Purple Riders a job position is Steve Snyder there and he's been at Morrison the last couple of seasons uh, he turned them from a two and seven team two years ago to a five and four trip to uh, the uh, playoffs and he also had a stint in Orangeville as well before they transitioned to eight-man football a couple of seasons ago and uh, coach Schneider is bringing a new look offense a new look base formation to this Arcola team they were a spread team and now they're going to switch things up to a winged T offense for the Purple Riders so switching it up yeah, and this is a team, Travis, you know, we talked yesterday about KZ and tradition and, you know, where is it gone? Arcola's kind of the same way. They've just not looked like the Arcola teams that we're used to seeing out on the field. We'll see if this year changing things up makes any difference for them. Uh, next team that I have here is the Sagamon Valley. They were 1-8 uh, last year. They haven't made the playoffs since 2016 and haven't had more than two wins since then as well. Uh, Tri County, they had uh, back-to-back seasons of three and six again last year. Uh, from twenty nine or two thousand nine to twenty fourteen, they made the playoffs. That's four out of the six seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the last made the playoffs in twenenty nineteen when they were five and four for the Tri County Titans. But consistency for Tri County, bringing back the same coach they had last year, which I think is the yeah, first it's time good in for a them. while that they've had the same head coach there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Gordo. Uh, 
from 1988 to 2009, they only had two losing seasons, and they missed the playoffs four times. Twice they were five and four, but since 2010, they've had eight losing seasons. And last year, from making the playoffs at five and four in 2018, and they went from that to four and five, now to just one and eight last year for the Broncos. And they also have a new head coach as well. Uh, Nick Walker is out and Chris Ridgway is in and he's taking over at his alma mater there as well. And uh, he's been a head coach at the JFL level for uh, Sarah Gordo's uh, programs. And he was also an assistant last year on the club as well. Uh, He does have previous head coaching experience. He was a head coach at Clinton with a 13 and 12 record and he uh, qualified for the 4A playoffs in 2019 at 6-3 and three, mm-hmm. uh, there for the new man in Sarah Gordo. Uh, Argenta, from 2016 to 2019, there were 38-7, and seven, four straight playoff appearances. In 2018, there were 12-1. and one, but Now they've had back-to-back seasons of 0-9 for the uh, Bombers as Argenta has kind of fallen off there. But uh, they also are retaining their coach as well. So consistency with that program that had that stretch there where they were really good, but back-to-back seasons of 0-9, that's, uh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, the two newcomers to the uh, conference here is uh, Nokomis. Uh, last year they were 4-5 and five as an independent. They won against teams they should have beat, and they lost the teams that they were the underdogs to, all playoff teams except for uh, Sullivan. Uh, they uh, were a young team a year ago, uh, so a lot of guys coming back, including uh, their quarterback, Brody Steele. He's a senior, but it doesn't really look like Nokomis throws the ball all that much from the stats that I saw uh, there. So uh, Nokomis, a younger team mm-hmm. uh, coming back from a 4-5 and five squad a year ago. I'm going to be interested to see this young team keep maturing and playing a new style of football that is the Lincoln Prairie as opposed to the Central Illinois. Mm-hmm. And in the another uh, newcomer is Sullivan, Okaw Valley. Uh, they finally snapped their losing streak in the first game of the year last year. They had a multiple-year losing streak go on, uh, but they were headed towards the uh, playoffs, but unfortunately an injury uh, to uh, their uh, sophomore quarterback, Cooper Christensen, and they eventually fell to four and five. They lost to the heavy hitters in the CIC, and then they fell in the regular season finale to uh, Clinton. And they also are bringing back their main running back from a year ago as well, uh, Ian Fryman, uh, back as a junior as well. And they also have their leading receiver back as well. So this team enters with a lot of players from a year ago and a lot of hype entering the conference as well. A lot of people are excited uh, they're in a Sullivan for football again, and that's uh, awesome to hear that uh, from being winless for a few seasons in a row yep. to four and five, and now uh, they're really hyped about this year. Yeah, as I think they should be. And, Definitely. You know, they go from being bottom to mid-pack of a conference to one of the projected top dogs, I think. Mm, maybe the top dog. Maybe. Possibly, but we'll find out in just a second where we have a Sullivan finishing and we'll also see uh, where the rest of the LPC stacks up as we're up against it. But we got to predict the order of the conference of the LPC coming up to close out the show. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. 
You can't see the future, but you can prepare for it. With the universal life policy from Pekin Life Insurance Company, you'll have guaranteed death benefit protection with the potential to build significant cash value for later years. Request a free quote for universal life insurance at PekinInsurance.com and in Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. More and more sport utility vehicles are arriving at Dan Heck Chevrolet Toyota in Effingham. And one thing you'll notice is they don't stay around long. We just received several Chevy Equinoxes and Toyota Highlanders, two of our hottest sellers, but don't wait. Reserve your SUV today. We offer more different SUVs than any other dealer around, and we invite you to see what we have for you. You'll save more at Dan Heck Chevrolet Toyota, South Route 45 in Effingham, or danheck.com online. Mike Greenberg. Green. No man looks good in briefs. That's not true. Yes, it is. It is not true. Name a man who looks good in briefs. I look good in briefs. No, you don't. Yes, I, I do. You I w- think you do, no. but you don't. I look good in briefs. Get I wear briefs as well. Phone. You yeah. wear briefs? Yes, they're comfortable. No, they're not comfortable. <laughs> and I bet Cam looks good in briefs, too. Guarantee you, My Cam. Colleague. My good friend, Embo. Cam, colleague. take your pants off right now. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, it's Mike Greenberg, and you're listening to Effingham, source for local sports and home to Greeny on 98.9 The Game. And now, the starting lineup. It's a post-weekend, so we got to give you the top three moments from the sports weekend. I'm boycotting. I mean... I am boycotting. It's like, oh, well. I might have to do the top three without the, the music here today. <laughs> I press spacebar so many and times. And now, it's time for the top three. And just, it's a Monday, I guess. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game. Again, the program reminder, we're not on the live show tomorrow uh, because the uh, Cardinals are kicking us off at 10.40, and we will have a, a podcast. But stick around to the podcast today. We got area coaches on a tap of four uh, today, and also uh, we got to uh, close out the show uh, predicting where we see the Lincoln Prairie is shaking out this year with a uh, close the conference style 10 teams, so you know how we do it. Let's go from the bottom up. Uh, who do you got here in uh, the uh, bottom? I got Argenta. Argenta, yep. I mean, uh, we've talked about it. Travis, they're five years away from being undefeated and almost winning a state championship, but they cannot figure out football recently. It's like someone pulled the plug on the entire program. They're starting from scratch. Yeah, it's just uh, crazy uh, how that is. But uh, I went a little different way here. I went uh, Tri-County finishing in 10th here. Mm-hmm. I went Sarah Gordo at nine. I went Sagamon Valley at nine. I went Sagamon Valley at eight. Ah, so we're not too far off there. No. Uh, and uh, I have Argenta sliding in here to the eighth uh, place, and uh, I have them actually picking up a couple wins this year. I have Tri County at seven. Okay. Uh, seven, I have Nicomis here. Okay, okay. Um, at six, I have Villa Grove. Hmm. Now. I, I, I'm going to mm. put a caveat on this, Travis. To me, this was the toughest conference to predict. 
It was tough. Yeah. I can see this being totally flip flopped every which way. Yeah. So I have I have Villa Grove at six, but I can also see them finishing as high as second. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sixth. Sixth. It's tough for me. Well, I know they got a loss against Cumberland already. So. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm joking. <laughs> at sixth place. I got uh, Sarah Gordo uh, here, and uh, I have him picking up three wins this year. I have Arthur at five. Mm. I just don't. Trying to replace Fagan is a huge task. It I is, don't yeah. know if they can do it. Uh, number five here, I have Cumberland. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Number four, I have Nokomis. Okay. And maybe it's the X factor of not knowing a darn yeah, thing exactly. about Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't no know. Clue. I don't know a lot about him. I saw the stats yesterday. Right. Uh, they don't throw the football that much, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And they do have their quarterback, so. So I got them at four. Uh, I have Arthur here at four. Uh, I know that uh, Fagan uh, is kind of where they were uh, in the top uh, with him, um, and it's a lot to replace, but uh, sliding just slightly to four here. I got Cumberland at three, Travis, and I am almost insulted at where you had the Pirates. Yeah. There's a lot of question marks, but I think that there is enough talent and enough um, – playmakers from an offensive standpoint and they just have that playoff dna do they have and i will say this i think coach watkins is one of the better coaches in the lpc right and i mean it's kind of like what we've been talking about the margin uh, of error here is just so so thin so and i think even though they lost a lot of players on their defense i think they are still going to bring back a strong defense when you have a strong defense and can control the clock with the running game that the pirates always have right. you're going to be a danger to win most games because you can just drain that clock right so yeah uh but the margin yes, is just it is. so it is. so thin uh there here at number three i have arcola uh, no, a new coach, new system, but uh, I have them slotted at number three. I have Arcola at two. And again, just I'm going off of tradition and what Arcola usually is. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Powerhouse for sure. Yeah. Uh, my number two here is Villa Grove. Blue Devils, second place. Are they, are they finally going to beat Cumberland? Uh, let's see. I think I did. This is the year. This is the year? <laughs> this is the year they do it. The previous five, so why this not is this the year. year. This is the year they do why it. Not, why not this year? Coach Wilson Let's will be see. happy to hear that from you. Uh, week, week four that happens. Yep. Uh, that game, first game with uh, Sullivan is going to be fun uh-huh. with Velgrove uh-huh. and Sullivan. So. I got, I got, speaking of which, I got Sullivan at one. Yeah, I got Sullivan at one as well. No better way to make an impact than to come in and win the conference. And I think they are a team that can do that with – you know, I, I think Travis from six on up, it's anyone's guess. But those are the top teams. The bottom four, they're not. Right. You can put them in any way you want to put them. Mm. The, the bottom four of Tri County, Sagamon Valley, Saragordo, Argenta, in some form or fashion, to me, are all just a step below those top six teams. But I will say this I don't know if it can happen record wise. Uh, I do have uh, five and up in the playoffs, so I have Cumberland at five and four in the playoffs. If that makes you feel any better. I can see I can see Cumberland winning the conference. I can see him finishing seventh and finishing three and six. 
I don't know. This There's so many unknowns with this conference this year of adding the two new teams, Arcola getting a new coach, uh, Sarah Gordo getting a new coach, the turnover for Cumberland, the loss of Fagan. Every single team has a question mark that we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we talked yesterday about the Little Illini and all the new coaches, but they have a lot of talent coming back with those new coaches, and those new coaches have either been assistants or they've been, you know, in the in the program for a while. There's just so many unknowns with the Lincoln Prairie. Right. And uh, this conference uh, should be uh, fun with it, a close the style this year as well. All right, so we made it through another conference, and we have another conference on a tap before tomorrow. We got the Apollo tomorrow, and you'll have to stu- stay tuned to the podcast uh, for that one uh, tomorrow because we got St. Louis Cardinal Baseball at 1040 uh, tomorrow. So we're out here on the uh, live show, but uh, stick around for the pod today. We got other area coaches on the way and coming up next here is espn radio and enjoy thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 the game Welcome in to uh, overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here with you. And we got some uh, news and notes to uh, get to in some of the other national sports. I know there's some uh, NBA news that came out during the show about uh, James Harden and getting fined and whatnot. And uh, some NFL news and notes as well. And uh, you got to unleash some of your NASCAR takes. You weren't here on yep. overtime yesterday. Yep. Uh, so we got NASCAR to uh, talk about. Any thoughts about that? Yep. And of course, our two area coaches that we have on the uh, program, as I mentioned during the uh, Lincoln Prairie preview, we got Arthur, Coach Jefferson, and uh, Coach Wilson from uh, Villa Grove mm-hmm. to get to as well. So plus this day in sports history. This day in sports history. A little golf action for you as well. Golf, golf. all coming up. Yeah. Here Jam in overtime. All right, uh, let's clean up some sports center to get it started. All right, the Chicago Sky will look to snap their five-game losing streak when they host the Seattle Storm at Wintrust Arena tonight. They're coming off a 79-73 loss to the Connecticut Sun on Sunday. The Sky are currently 12-20. and Game for that tips off at 7 o'clock. So it is a night game as opposed to most WNBA games, but I think happened at about 11.30 in the morning. The Colts are granting Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. According to ESPN, Indianapolis will be seeking significant trade compensation, including a first-round pick or a collection of picks that equate to one. Taylor and the team have been in a three-week standoff that began when he reported to training camp. The 24-year-old was entering the final year of his rookie deal. Had it been seeking a long-term contract extension, selected Taylor with the 41st overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. He holds the franchise record for a single season with 1,811 rushing yards and 18 touchdowns. Now, Travis, I was yes. going to dive into this just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recent running backs who've been traded. Mm-hmm. And you tell me if you think the Colts will get more or less than this. Okay. okay. The Colts traded Marshall Falk to the Rams for a second and fifth round pick in 1999. Yeah, they'll get more. The Saints traded Rookie Williams for a fourth-round pick and a fourth-round pick to the Dolphins for a 20, 2002 first-rounder, a fourth-rounder, and a 2023 first-rounder. 
two firsts. I don't know if they'll get – they won't get two firsts, I don't think. The Bengals traded Corey Dillon to the Patriots for a second-round pick. <laughs> Corey Dillon. Yes, they'll get more than that. The Browns traded Trent Richardson to the Colts for a first-round pick. Yeah. One first. I think it'll be a little more than that, but – that was in 2013. In 2015, the Eagles traded LaShawn McCoy to the Bills for uh, linebacker Kiko Alonso. Yep. They'll get more than that. And finally, just last year, the Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers for a 2023 second, third, fourth, and 2024 fifth round pick. Yeah. So are we looking? I would say you got to get more than what the Panthers got for Christian McCaffrey. Here's just why. Just about. Because Jonathan Taylor is younger, hasn't dealt with nearly as many injuries as Christian McCaffrey has. Sure. He's only 24, Travis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in running back terms, that's at least five years. Yeah. You got to get just as much for McCaffrey or uh, maybe more. Maybe more. I, I, I think you got to get more than what the Panthers got for McCaffrey. Yeah. And was this really uh, – so was, wasn't so shocking after hearing about the no. meetings with uh, Mr. Earsay no. and Jonathan Taylor and the comments that Earsay uh, made. Uh, he was at practice this morning with a joint practice with Philly and the Colts. Um, so at least that's good that he's still showing up. Yep. But he's going to be seeking a trade more than likely. Yep. And then that begs the question of where could he land, possibly. Minnesota? So, I've heard Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, they just traded away Dalvin Cook. So. Well, they let go. They cut Dalvin Cook. Whatever. Whatever they did. He's gone. Yeah. He's not there. No longer a Viking. Right. Bears? I'd like it, Travis. <laughs> I said the Bears should have been on in on Delvin Cook and Zeke Elliott. Guys, uh, uh, as long as as long as he doesn't go to the Chiefs. Here's here's the thing, and I think here is the difference, Travis. This is not about money. It's no. gonna be about draft capital because mm-hmm. it's gonna have to be a trade. The Colts aren't cutting Jonathan Taylor, even no. if things get to their absolute worst. They're not just letting him go and releasing him. Right. You'd be a fool to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think you look at teams that have draft picks piled up. The Bears may be sitting there with some draft picks piled up. Mm-hmm. Right. Or uh, a team like Carolina. Yeah, a young, a young team that would definitely. It would definitely help Bryce Young. Yeah, he hasn't and been impressive in his preseason games. The South is up for grabs, so yeah. that would be a significant move. It's just a matter of is it a team looking at him as a one-year rental? Mm-hmm. Because again, right. he's on the last year of his rookie deal. I think part of the deal would be that you have to pay him in order for him to come. And so I think again, you look at salary cap, you look at draft capital. I I, I think that, that can exclude a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair point of potentially re-signing him for big money or lack thereof for a running back, I guess mm-hmm. you say. Uh, I also heard that the uh, Dolphins, just like they were interested in a Dalvin Cook, but ultimately 
uh, didn't happen. Uh, but I don't know if the Dolphins exactly have the draft capital or they would have the money to pay him uh, after the season. But uh, it's definitely an intriguing option for Here, Miami. Here's another one, Travis, and that would be the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals have two firsts. They have their first and Houston's first for next year. Definitely have the draft capital. Yeah, a second, three-thirds, a fourth, two-fifths, and a seventh. The Bears, as you mentioned, have two firsts, a second, third, two-fourths. Um, the Falcons, they've got a first, a second, and two-thirds. I don't know if there's enough there. The Browns don't have a first. Falcons don't, don't need a running back. No, they don't. They don't. Um web page decided not to keep going like i wanted it to i've heard a couple of websites that i looked at quickly throw out uh the rams i don't want them you don't want them i want us to stink da- dallas doesn't have cap space and obviously you let zeke walk so i you know I yeah it's only pollard is your guy um carolina does not have a first round pick travis because they just traded it to the bears mm-hmm. so I don't know right. if that would work out. Now, the Chiefs do have all seven of their picks. Well, they're missing a fifth rounder for next year. But I don't know if they have the cap space. <laughs> um, Green Bay? God. Green Bay has a first they don't and two really, seconds. They don't need a running back. They don't need a running back. They got two of them. Um, the Texans have their first rounder from Cleveland Ooh. that they got from Cle- Cleveland because they, they traded theirs. And then a second and a third from Philly. But that's in the division. So, yeah. Dolphins have a first and a second. They forfeited their third round pick, and they don't have a fourth round pick. So, I don't think they're going to have the capital this year. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, as far as who has the cap space, Travis or the, um, no, they just signed Zeke. I was going to say the, the 49ers have three first or three third rounds. They don't need a running back. They don't need a running back though. That's right. The Saints. I guess all depends on what happens with the Kamara situation. I don't know if that's ever got settled. Right. The Jets don't need a running back. They just signed Cook. And they got another one too, Brees Hall. I I think the the Bears may be the ones, Travis. Get it done. Get it done, Chicago. (laughs) Yes. Either them or Arizona. Make it happen. Was, both those are the only two teams with two first rounders. Mm-hmm. Hmm. If we look at cap space by team, here we go. What are we looking at here? Who has the cap space? Arizona has the second most cap space, Travis. Hmm. The Bears, I know entering the, the offseason they had a lot, but they're tenth. Right. They have fourteen million, the Cardinals have twenty three million. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they, the 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 Cardinals could do it with a new head coach, Travis. That might not be a bad call. Yeah, you can go out and make it happen. Yep. So, alrighty, let's let's continue on. We got way off topic on that, and I apologize. Um, the longest active winning streak in the NFL has been snapped for the first uh, time. In it's over. Contests. The Ravens have dropped a preseason game. Ah, man. Baltimore's record came to an end after falling 29-28 to the Commanders at FedEx Field in Landover. Joey Sly kicked a 49-yard field goal with nine seconds remaining to lead the Commanders to their second victory of the preseason. 
Man, the streak is over. The streak is over. <laughs> the Ravens finally lose in the yep. preseason. What are we going to do? I don't know. We'll sit around, I guess. <sighs> it's over. <sighs> the Knicks and Raptors could be hitting a different kind of court in the future. On Monday, the New York Knicks sued the Toronto Raptors, members of the Raptors organization, and a former Knicks employee who they alleged, quote, illegally procured and then disclosed uh, proprietary information, end quote. The lawsuit, which was filed in the U.S. District Court in Manhattan, states that former em- a former employee sent the Raptors thousands of confidential files, including play frequency reports, a prep book for the 22-23 season, video scouting files, and opposition research, and more. Hmm. Yep. Different kind of court. That's right. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Uh, the Oakland A's are taking a step forward in building their new Las Vegas ballpark as Oakland hired the Mortensen-McCarthy construction firm for the team's new stadium on the Vegas Strip. The A's picked the same company that built the Las Vegas Raiders Allegiant Stadium that opened in 2020. The ballpark will be built on the current Tropicana property and will feature a retractable roof and 30,000 seats. The A's are expected to open the new ballpark in 2028. Those 30,000 seats will be probably about 5% full because it's the A's. Most likely. Michigan is enforcing a self-imposed three-game suspension on their head football coach. The Wolverines are suspending Jim Harbaugh for the first three games of the upcoming football season due to alleged violations that occurred during the COVID-19 dead period. Athletic director Wade Manuel said in a statement that the school, quote, will continue to support Coach Harbaugh, his staff, and our outstanding student-athletes, end quote. Harbaugh will be entering his ninth season as the head coach of the Wolverines. An interim coach will be named at a later date, but it doesn't matter because the three games that they have are absolutely meaningless. Are you kidding me? You got Eastern Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. Those are important games. <laughs> Murderers row right there. And the only reason they're doing this is they're trying to get in front of the NCAA, so the NCAA won't suspend him for more games. Right. Yeah, there was originally kicked around for four right. games. But, but if, they, if they say, oh, no, look, we've already suspended. This is self-imposed. Yeah. We did this ourselves, NCAA. Yeah. You're right. Then the, I would love if the NCAA totally. went, okay, well, we were already kicking around four games. You did three, so let's do three more. That's our suspension. Ooh. Oh. That would be nice. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, the he was scheduled to return for the Big Ten opener against Rutgers. Ooh. Again, another tough game. Yes. <laughs> uh, Michigan. First and three games. Not happening. Real quickly, one uh, more thing, and that is the uh, QB competition at Ohio State's heating up as uh, they haven't announced a starter yet. Uh-oh. So. Better yeah. on that. They're split down the middle in relation to earning the starting job are the two players, Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. Hmm. McCord was ranked 31st overall in ESPN's top 300 for 2021, while Brown was 81st in the 2022 class. They open up against Indiana September. I was going to say, it's kind of odd that they uh, open up with uh, Big Ten yeah. play. Get right Hoosiers. into Hoosiers. And then, you know, Youngstown State and Western Kentucky after that. But yep. still, right into it. Right into it. I love it. On the road. I love I'm sure it. a tough environment. Yes. There in Bloomington. We'll oh, see, yeah. But oh, yeah. I'm sure it will be. I mean, like I said, college football starts Saturday. Navy and Notre Dame over in Dublin. And uh, San Jose State and USC at 7 o'clock on Saturday as well Boy. in the Coliseum. Uh, Caleb Williams will be leading the Trojans out there. Sixth ranked in the preseason 
is USC. And then next week it gets started. Florida and Utah next Thursday. And then Saturday, the kickoff officially, pretty much everybody goes, including U of I. Mm-hmm. It's Toledo, 630. 98.9. Yeah. Check it out. Look forward to it. And we'll have oh, uh, yeah. some more announcements about U of I coming up uh, in the next week. And then next Sunday, LSU and Florida State. Yeah. The big one, five versus eight. Yes. For college football. So it's that time of year. Time of year for getting kicked off. Mm-hmm. Definitely can't wait. Nope. It'll well. be great. All right. So that's all you had for our sports center. Yep. yep. Uh, like I mentioned during the uh, show, uh, it came out that the NBA announced that James Harden is being fined a hundred thousand dollars after recent comments, which in party referred to the franchise president Daryl Morey as a liar. So that comment cost him a thousand dollars. So words can be hurtful and cause yep. you to lose a hundred k. So, James Harden, I think he can afford it. I think he can, too. But I think he'll gladly pay it to call him that again. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would. So, James Harden, find. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, before we get to uh, some uh, NASCAR, let's go ahead and let's turn things over here to uh, the uh, high school coaches that we're hearing from uh, today. Uh, catching up with uh, Coach Jefferson from Arthur Lovington out with Hammond, talking about the uh, post Caden Fagan era in Arthur. And then uh, after that is uh, Coach Wilson uh, from uh, the uh, Villa Grove uh, Blue Devils. It's appropriate because it was Lincoln Prairie Conference Day as well. So we hear from two Lincoln Prairie coaches coming up right now. Travis Sparks uh, joining me here today on the starting lineup is Coach Ryan Jefferson, and it's a new season and a new era beginning there for the Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond Knights. And thanks for joining the show once again this year. And uh, how's it going for you today? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. We're we're excited about this upcoming upcoming season. Yeah, for sure. And uh, first, before we look forward to the new season, looks back at last year's performance for the Knights. You guys were eight and three, and uh, you were two and two through a tough opening stretch of the season, and then you went on that win streak and you got into the playoffs, and then you got a victory in round one over Vandalia, and then a tough loss in round number two against Johnson City. But uh, they got all the way to the semifinals, so it was a pretty good season for the Knights last year uh, getting into the playoffs and getting a playoff win and getting to the second round. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was exciting. First playoff win in uh, quite a few years here, so um, kind of got the excitement of the community to, to have that, that home round, home playoff game. And uh, even though we did lose a big senior class, you know, we had a lot of guys that uh, got a lot of experience last year, a lot of returning starters, so we're pretty excited. And uh, one big story uh, coming into uh, the season, of course, is uh, replacing uh, Caden Fagan as uh, he's in uh, Champaign at the University of Illinois. But uh, he did pretty much everything uh, for you guys. He was the quarterback last season, and I know he played defensively as well. So uh, that's obviously going to be uh, one of the big guys that you'll have to replace uh, this year to be uh, an understatement. Yeah, that's kind of been the big question mark. Uh since november not really for us just more so like for other teams just being like hey are they going to be able to carry on success without Caden? and you know my answer is always 
Yes, I, I believe that. You know, Caden was obviously an awesome player, um, but people forget that when he was a freshman, yes, he started. Um, but really the guys that made the turnaround for, for our program was that junior and senior class of, you know, the guys before him kind of made that commitment to, to turn it around. And obviously Caden uh, getting bigger and stronger and faster throughout his career, he, he really helped us the last several years. But we're, we think that we've got um, kind of a, a program now that can maintain success. So we're just uh, excited to be able to go out and show it this year. And uh, on the offensive side of things, uh, filling in for the quarterback role is uh, Jace uh, Parsons, the new quarterback. And Langer Waldrop is also going to be another player that's going to be uh, big for you guys this season offensively. So uh, talk about those two players and the impact that they're going to have uh, on this upcoming year. Yeah, I mean, Jace, you're going to see uh, very similar traits to, to Caden. You know, he's not not nearly as big as Caden, but sure. he is. Um, he is, you know, big and strong. He's about six two, you know, one ninety. Um, very fast, very strong, upper body and lower body. So he's able to run through tackles. He's got, you know, he's got the speed to get around the edge. So similar to Kate, you're going to see us use him as far as um, he is the quarterback, and he's, but he's going to be probably our number one running threat. Um, and then he's got the, the arm as well. But and then Landon Waldrop, uh, he'll kind of be one of our main rushers. And those two guys have, you know, they've played with Caden the last two years and they've had great numbers it's just that Caden was the focal point and he had all the big gaudy stats but um Jason Landon they combined for about 2,000 yards and about 30 touchdowns over the past two years so wow. I'm just excited to, I'm excited to see their numbers kind of take off this year but um some other names to know on the offense uh skill position wise would be Connor Nettles he's a a senior receiver for us so he's going to help us in the passing game and then We've got some uh, some young backs that are going to have to step up, and Easton Frederick and uh, Maddox Starrett. But yeah, just going to be a lot of new guys. But again, I think we're we're confident. So, uh, how's that uh, offensive line looking uh, for the people to block for them? Yeah, um, you know we're replacing a lot up front. We we bring back two returning starters. They were both sophomores, um, Jacob Ty and Colin Smith. Jacob Ties, uh, he's our big he's our big road grader. He's about six five, three hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Was an all conference player last year, so we're excited to have him back. And then Colin got bigger and stronger too. And um, I do think we're going to have probably a, a bigger line in terms of size than we've had in the past. Um, a lot of juniors up front, so we'll, we're glad to have them for you know the next two years. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. They're starting to to kind of come together as a unit. So um, excited to see what they can do. And uh, the offense uh, got a lot of uh, shine last year, but uh, the defense was uh, pretty strong uh, for you guys on that side of the ball, too, during that uh, win streak that you guys were on to get to the postseason. So uh, how does the defense shaping up this year? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely uh, the thing about our program the last four or five years is that our offense has, you know, not that it's been unstoppable, but our offense has been pretty consistent, mm-hmm. um, I feel like, and our defense has definitely been year to year, you know, where you see the turnover, you see uh, a decrease in production sometimes. So um, the fact that we lost four um, starting linebackers, you know, they were all seniors, right. that's going to be a huge turnover group there. Um, our D-line and our defensive backs, um, we returned quite a bit of experience there. Um, but obviously, you know, at the high school level, uh, you lose four linebackers that's that have started for a couple of years. Yeah, that's where our run defense is. You know, it's a question mark. But uh, again, I'm confident that we have the guys to step in. But we just got to go out and and show it. Um, I felt like our linebackers did a really good job in our scrimmage this past Friday and have been showing up well in practice. So we'll just have to see. 
And uh, also, uh, it's a new era for Arthur, but uh, also it's a new era for the Lincoln Prairie Conference this season as you got two new members of the conference for football this year in uh, Sullivan and Nakomis. And uh, you guys uh, will be uh, taking a little while uh, before you guys uh, see them. Uh, you see Nakomis and host them in week six, and then uh, you end up ending the season hosting Sullivan uh, as well. So uh, it's going to be good that you guys can have a little time to scout them and they'll be uh, later in the season. Uh, but those are the two newcomers to the conference this year. Yeah, we're we're super excited. I think the whole conference is, is ready to mm-hmm. get back to 10 teams. You know, um, not that you're only striving for five wins, but obviously playoff points come into effect when you have a 10-team conference. You're automatically at 40 points, so you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that it's, it's no longer a headache for us and our ADs to have to try and find games and schedule, yes. it's just set. But, yeah, I'm – I'm looking forward to both those teams, um, especially Sullivan. I think that's just a natural rivalry for us, you know, being yeah. 15 minutes away in the same county as Lovington. You know, I think a lot of the kids know each other, and I think that will just be a, a really fun uh, a fun event for us. So, or Where do you see the Knights stacking up in the conference with uh, Sullivan? You know, they got a lot of hype around them with everything that they're bringing back. And then, of course, uh, the teams that are always normally up there uh, with you guys, but uh, Cumberland, Arcola, I know they got a new head coach there in uh, Villa Grove. Uh, they got some uh, good pieces returning as well. So uh, where do you see the Knights stacking up in the LPC this year? Yeah, I mean, I see us definitely uh, within the top three, four. Um, you know, I think – uh, returning, uh, I think the top teams are Cumberland, um, us, Villa Grove, and Sullivan, in no particular order, but sure. that's just how you know they've finished the, the past several years. Um, obviously, Sullivan coming in, they're a little bit of a wild card, but I'm putting them up there because of, like you said, the fact that they bring back a lot. Um, I'm a track coach, and their their boys' track team has had a lot of speed the last several years, which mm-hmm. I know translates to football. So um, they're definitely you know a, a scary team since they we, no one really knows a lot about them as far as playing them so right um, but Cumberland is obviously uh, to me they're the standard of the LPC right now with mm-hmm. how many conference championships they've had lately and then uh, Villa Grove also returns a, a good amount of starters so uh, and we have Villa Grove right off the bat week two um, and I believe they play Sullivan week one so we'll yeah. kind of get a chance to see you know on film uh, what what Sullivan's going to bring but yeah I think the the top of the conference is going to be very competitive and just Looking forward to seeing how this season plays out. Yeah, it should be a fun one in the LPC with a close conference this year. And uh, week one, you're on a Friday night and you're on the road against Argenta. And you go from finishing the season with them last year to now starting off them with a new year. So uh, what are you prepping for for week one out of Argenta? Yeah, um, they didn't have very many seniors last year. so they And they, they already had a pretty big roster. They had a a big number um, in their freshman and sophomore class. So they bring back a lot. Um, they have good numbers over there, which is awesome because that now they can continue to play, you know, JV seasons and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, they had a JV season last year, which they didn't the year before. So those kids got to got to play, got to develop. So um, I think they're going to be more competitive than they have been. They've got consistency now with the head coach returning for the second year in a row. Um, that's kind of been a problem for them. So I'm glad that they, they retained him and, uh, you know, I'm sure he's got them working hard because, again, they're not that far removed from uh, a streak of yeah. a lot of success. So um, we're not definitely not overlooking them. We're we're going and you know, and we we have to prepare like a. I mean, we haven't won a a week one game that many times either, even in my tenure. So um, week one is a challenge for everybody, and 
I'm um, just looking forward to a competitive game. And it's also a challenging as well, trying to balance practice this week with uh, the heat and everything. So that's already uh, stressful enough with uh, the preparation for week one. But now it's uh, everything with uh, trying to coordinate practice and everything with, with the heat as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talk to our guys all the time about not letting the environment control you and, you know, obstacles are going to happen. You just got to overcome them. And that's going to be a big thing for us this week. So uh, we're just hoping that the game does get played, you know, Friday or Saturday this weekend and uh, that we're able to move on to week two no matter what happens. So um, just wanting the opportunity to play and uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so uh, my final question here was, uh, what are some of the goals and expectations of the the Knights this season? Want to keep this playoff thing going and want to search for more than one win, obviously, when when you get there. But what are some of the the goals that you're setting yourselves up for this year? Yeah, I mean, we've just talked a lot about it. You know, the, the big elephant, the big question is, can we be successful without Caden Fagan? So yeah. um, our number one goal is just to to prove that, you know, to have a an above 500 win season, you know, make the playoffs, uh, maybe even do better than we than we have in the past uh, w- with someone like that. Um, obviously, you have goals of conference championships and, and stuff like that, but number mm-hmm. one, we just want to show that we can compete year in, year out, um, no matter what names are on the backs of our jerseys. So um, that's our, our goal for now, and then uh, hopefully we get there and we can just keep moving. And uh, hopefully it'll be another fun season uh, there in Arthur. And uh, thanks for joining me here today, Coach. And uh, looking forward to talking to you once again uh, during uh, the weeks. And uh, good luck as we uh, are getting close to uh, week number one here. So uh, thanks for joining me here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot. Travis Sparks joining me here on the starting lineup is Villa Grove head football coach Heath Wilson. And last year, the Blue Devils had a 6-4 and four season a year ago. And it's the start of a new season and a new landscape in the conference as well. We'll get into it all here with the coach. And uh, thanks for joining us here again on the show again this year. And uh, how's it going for you? Oh, it's just great to be back talking football. And uh, it's, uh, you know, football season is always a great time of the year. And um, I'm glad we're back at it. Yeah, and it's a. Is it hot enough for you? Yeah, this week is uh, is definitely uh, interesting. <laughs> but yes, it's hot enough right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll get into all that. Another uh, playoff appearance uh, for the uh, Villa Grove last year. You finally got that sixth win that eluded you in uh, your tenure there at Villa Grove. You had a tough draw in the playoffs. I know it was a. Um, six and three season and not the home playoff game that you're kind of hoping for with a sixth win but uh, your only losses were to Colfax and the other two top teams in your conference so uh, six win regular season uh, was a pretty solid year for you guys last year yeah um, you know we you know we didn't have to sit around on Saturday afternoon to hear a name you know getting that guarantee six win is obviously what everybody kind of strives for and and uh, yeah, you're exactly right. We didn't get that home home playoff game, and we're still kind of still working towards that. But overall, I thought it was a very successful uh, season for us last year. And a guy that did a lot of things for you guys last year was Luke Zimmerman. He did everything running the football as well as on the other side of the football. He was the leading tackler. So uh, how is it going to be trying to fill uh, his big uh, hole that he left in the team this year? 
Yes, uh, Luke was a special player for sure for us offensively and defensively. Um, you know, he's he's going to be hard to replace. You know, obviously we've been trying to get, uh, you know, somebody and in, in step in for his shoes. And, you know, everybody deals with it, you know, losing seniors and, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to find replacements. And, you know, that's not new to coaches. But, you know, he was a, bi- a big part of what we did the last four years. And uh, he will be missed. But uh, it gives somebody else a chance to step up and hopefully uh, – live up to his shoes. Yeah, and rise up to the challenge for sure. Uh, Lane Run is uh, back under center for the quarterback for his senior season, and one of his favorite targets, Brady Klofelter, is uh, back for their senior seasons as well. So uh, it's always good when you have your quarterback returning and also a big target that's returning for him in the receiving core as well. Yeah, those two have been special with us uh, in our passing game, obviously, last year. Um, you know, they got a pretty good connection. They work hard in the summertime, and uh, having those two back on a on an offense um, that can be very explosion if, if all our pieces come together, mm-hmm. um, they should be fun to watch this year. And uh, how's the other pieces on offense looking at this? Those other skill position wise, and uh, also up front trying to block for those guys. Yeah, well, you know, we bring back uh, two, uh, possibly three uh, year starters on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them lost a lot of weight in the off season, which is not what. Uh, coaches want to hear, um, but we'd bring back Capus uh, and uh, Kinnearum and Logan Turner, and so we bring back quite a bit up front. Uh, we got a couple of new two 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 spots where we're, we're really struggling with right now that we're trying to figure it out um, the last week uh, before before uh, the game start. But overall, you know, we have uh, we have a lot coming back on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we just got a couple pieces that we got to fix between now and the first game. And uh, how is the defensive unit coming together? I know you had a, a sophomore that had a lot of tackles with uh, Zimmerman as well, but how is the defensive unit uh, coming along as we uh, get closer to the first game? Yeah, we um, you know we bring back some key pieces uh, on the defensive side of the ball too. Um, or you know we got two two new defensive ends that you know that'll be uh, big for us. Hopefully, stepping up um, defensive tackles we we have coming back. Uh, inside linebackers, we're replacing both our inside linebackers. We have a, a transfer kid that uh, came from Georgia that moved to town. Uh, he was a junior for us, so he'll be a big target as well as uh, a big piece on our defense. So, um, it overall, you know, I think I think we have a lot of pieces in the right spots, and I think uh, those guys will step up and hopefully. Uh, lead us in the right direction hopefully so and also it's a new landscape in the uh, conference as you got two new teams joining the lpc this year in nicomas and uh, sullivan and uh, one somebody had to make the tough draw of drawing them week one and uh, you guys drive uh, draw sullivan in week one so uh what is, talk about them to join in the conference as well as trying to prep for a brand new team into the conference in sullivan who's uh, bringing back a lot of talent Yes, um, you know, I, I've done some talking with the, some other coaches that played them last year, and uh, and they say that they're they're going to be a team that uh, uh, is very solid. And, mm-hmm. you know, we saw them this summer in seven-on-seven, seven, uh, and they're very, very talented. And last year they were definitely a playoff team until their quarterback got hurt late yep. in the season and uh, kind of went down, and, and they were mo- mostly sophomores last year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, we, we, we drew them week one. Uh, they'll kind of tell us where we're at week one um and uh like i said you got to play them at some point they're in our conference now and and uh you know 
hopefully hopefully they think that we're a good ball team too and and uh, hopefully it'll be a good ball game week one and uh, also with it being uh, 10 teams in the conference is a close conference so now every single week is important with uh, conference games all the way around yeah it's exciting it's just, uh, you mm-hmm. know you don't you don't have one you don't have to go out and find a game yeah um, you know two yeah you know every game matters obviously um, so you know, it's exciting in that way that, you know, it's a closed conference. So um, I think that the administrations and all the schools did a great job of getting um, two new teams in here. And, and the Nokomis don't know a whole lot about them right now, but I think we play them week three. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll get to know them on film here in a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, it should be fun every every week. Yeah, you got a tough opening stretch there as well with Nokomis in week three. But then before that, uh, week two, you got Arthur. And uh, that's kind of a new look team that they're going to have without Fagan. Uh, and then also uh, the following week after Nokomis, you got Cumberland and Arcola. So it's tough right yeah. out of the gates. It's uh, here we go, new season, let's go. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, uh, you know, you don't have a, you don't, you don't have time to sleep. So it's uh, get ready for one team and, and then uh, wake up, wake up Saturday, and get ready for the next team right away. So I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. Our our stretch is pretty tough uh, right out of the gate. So, but you know, you got to play them at some point, and ready, and you know, we'll we'll be fine. What are uh, some of the uh, goals and expectations that you're uh, setting for this uh, Villa Grove squad this year? Yeah, uh, these guys, uh, this senior class was a, a big class for me. I kind of got to know them my very first year of teaching here. So this is my mm-hmm. sixth year, and those guys were in seventh grade, and I coached those guys in junior high basketball. So I've kind of coached that whole group, and we have, I think, 16 seniors uh, on our roster. So mm-hmm. um, And it's kind of a special group kind of seeing those guys grow from seventh graders to yeah. now big, bad seniors. So, um, you know, our expectation, obviously, is every, everybody's expectation is, you know, to make it to the playoffs and get a chance to play week 10. You know, that's mm-hmm. not going to be, that's going to be our kind of our same mentality is, you know, obviously we want to win a conference championship as well. Um, you know, and this is a very, I, I feel is one of the better conferences around and competition every week. Um, you know, but everybody's goal is obviously to play week 10 and get a chance to play week 10 and get a, get a playoff shirt, you know, and mm-hmm. continue to see, you know, put something up on the board in the gym to say and qualify for the playoffs 2023. And, yep. you know, we've been lucky enough to do that every year I've been here other than the COVID year, which I'll sure. count that one because that was a pretty good team too we had that year. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so we kind of, you know, that's kind of our goal is, you know, get a chance to play week 10 and hopefully get a chance to host a playoff game uh, one or two at home. And, um, you know, that's still going to be our goal, so. Yeah, that's really all you can ask for there, uh, Coach. Well, uh, thanks for joining me here on the program again, and uh, look forward to talking to you for the rest of the season. And uh, good luck here coming up on week one against Sullivan, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? Awesome. Thanks for having me. And uh, now uh, let's get back to uh, some. Let's go ahead and let's turn things over. This date in uh, sports history. What do we got for today, Eric? Well, first I wanted to ask Travis, did you do this day in sports history yesterday? No. Okay. Well, because there's two significant things. 1931, Travis, August 21st, Babe Ruth hit his 600th home run off of St. Louis's George Blayholder. Ruth finishes the 1931 season with 611 career home runs, more than double any other player in baseball history at that time. Roger Hornsby was second with 295. (laughs) Just to show you 
how amazing and ahead of his time Babe Ruth was. Roger Hornsby, nice. August 21st, 2008, a year after an embarrassing, just absolutely embarrassing third-place finish at the Women's World Cup, the USA wins its second straight women's soccer gold medal, one nothing over Brazil on a Kari Lloyd extra-time goal. Travis, that means we're winning the uh, gold medal next year at the Olympics, right? I hope so. I hope so, because if third place was an embarrassing finish at that, you know, 2007's World Cup, I don't even want to know what a round of 16 finish is considered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Today, August 22nd, 1989, in a duel between first ballot Hall of Famers Nolan Ryan strikes out his 5,000th batter, who is Ricky Henderson. He remains the only pitcher in MLB history to reach the milestone. Hmm. Only pitcher to ever strike out 5,000. Yeah. Nolan Ryan. Yeah, lots a lot of case. On this date back in 1999, Mark McGuire reaches 50 home runs for the fourth straight season with a pair of homers in a game against the Mets. Earlier in the game, McGuire's home run knocked out a light on the scoreboard. <laughs> nice. Mac. And on this date in 2007, the Rangers defeated the Orioles 30-3, to setting the American League record for runs in a game. Jared Saltalamacchia and Ramon Vasquez, Texas' eighth and ninth hitters, both go four for six with two homers and seven RBIs. Rangers reliever Wes Littleton actually picked up the save by tossing the final three innings of the historic blowout. Mm-hmm. Imagine getting yeah. a save on a 30-3 to game. <laughs> I know. It's so odd. But uh, Saltanomachia, yeah. salty, yeah. nice. Yeah. Four for six, two homers, and seven RBIs. Not bad for your eight and nine hitters. Not a bad day at all. That's 14 RBIs between the two of them. Whew. That's when the Orioles were bad. Uh, really bad. Thirty-one to three. Let me. Let me. Ouch. Two thousand seven Orioles. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. Let's and, see. Who was on that? 07 Baltimore Orioles team. They went sixty-nine and ninety-three. Mm-hmm. Which yep. Their top twelve players included such great luminaries as Eric Bedard. Mm-hmm. Brian Roberts. Uh, Brian Roberts, Nick Marcakis, was good. Marcakis was good. Jeremy Guthrie, Miguel Tejada, oh, man. Melvin Mora, Steve Traxel, Corey Patterson, Ramon Hernandez, Jamie Walker, Chad Bradford, and Kevin Millar, Travis. Hmm. There's some talent there. There was. <laughs> Miguel Tejada and Melvin Jay Mora. Payton, Aubrey Huff was on that team. Paul Baco. Uh, yeah, there's some good ones on there. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, John Lester was a picture pitcher, not the John Lester, the other John Lester. Scott Williamson, the Todd other. Williams, a lot of former Cubs on this team. Victor Zambrano. Wow, that's a name. I know, right? There's your immaculate grip for the day. Yeah, really. And just for giggles, let's see, that uh, Rangers team. What year was that? 07? 07, 07 Rangers that year, Travis. They went uh, 75 and 87, so not that great. No. But they had uh, Teixeira, Kinsler, Young, Vasquez, as we talked about, Kenny Lofton, Nelson Cruz, and Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa, wow. Along with Marlon Bird, Hank Blaylock. Uh, Jerry Hairston, mm-hmm. Victor Diaz. Ugh. Some good names right there. Kevin Millwood on the mound. Brandon McCarthy. Vicente Padilla. Jamie Wright. Scott Feldman. 
Eric Gagne was on that team, Travis. Eric Gagne, wow. 31-year-old Eric Gagne was on three games. Hmm. Did not know that. Yeah. So there you go. And uh, they clobbered him. Mm. I was actually going to look yeah. and see what happened the very next day. They beat him only 9-7. to seven. I was going to say they probably still scored over double-digit rounds. Well, they lost the day before Travis 6-2, to two, so a little bit of revenge. A little bit. Maybe some pent-up aggression. I was going to look at the box score for that game. Mm. Yeah, that had to be a lopsided uh, box score. I saw that uh, Baltimore was in the uh, news the uh, other day talking about uh, trying to keep the core – uh, together now since they're uh, 77 and 47 and uh, they're poised to take the AL East and uh, the owners are talking about uh, raising prices dramatically. Uh, so. Well, you got to. So. That's, you want to uh, keep contending and keep competing. Guess so. Got to raise those prices. Guess so. So that's the price you pay when you start winning. Yeah. Is increasing prices. Yep. So that's so, uh, your sports history. Yep. That's that's your sports history. Uh, all right. So uh, you had uh, something to talk about with golf. Yeah, and this is just lack of awareness from uh, the the PGA Tour commissioner Travis, as the PGA Tour commissioner uh, Jay uh, Mahan said on Tuesday that the TG, PGA plans to open its 2024 season with the sensory tournament at the plantation course in Maui. Yeah. He said, absolutely, when asked if the PGA Tour was committed to playing the century there. He said, absolutely, but I think at this point there's so many unknowns and we want to be respectful of the challenges. We want to help be part of the revitalization. There's a lot of considerations. We're committed, you know, if we're allowed to. If we're invited, if we're embraced, Give all that needs to be accomplished. We will be there 100%. Hmm. January 4th through the 7th, Travis, there's, what, three, four, four months? Hmm. After the deadliest wildfire that destroyed so much? Right. I like he put on there, he said, if we're invited. If we're invited. <laughs> uh, yeah, situational awareness. Not high on he, this guy. He also said uh, um, people people um, have actually been living on the course. Um, as the Washington Post reported last week, that food is being cooked by the course's staff for those who have been displaced on the island. And the PGA commissioner would go on to say, you know, the PGA Tour, when moments like this happens, this is when we're at our best. So we don't have the answer to that right now. But we want to do everything we can to make certain that that that's a moment for the people of Maui that is entirely helpful and inspiring. All our efforts are on and all of our attention is to try and get back to Maui and to try and be as close as what we've been in the past. If it looks like that's not a possibility, then we'll go with plan B. I want to be clear. There's no indication that we won't be back there. We're just trying to be respectful. Then maybe you say, you know what? We're going to take a wait and see approach. Right. We're supporting them from afar. Or yeah. maybe you say, we're going to be there if we're allowed to be there, but guess what? The people from Maui can come in for free. Mm -hmm. 
or donation or part of the money from the purse is going to go towards Maui relief efforts. They could have done something really good here to do really good. And instead it's just, if we're invited, we'll see, but we got to wait and see. We have a plan B just in case. And uh, yeah, people are using the golf course to live in and, and to eat their food, but we're going to come in January if it's all good. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't, it just shows lack of awareness. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I just saw that this morning and wanted to bring that up. Mm, strike one up for the PJ Tour. Commissioner, he's such a great guy. I'm Commish. so glad he's resigning. <laughs> oh, Jay Monahan. What a guy. Yep. What a guy. Yep. All right. So uh, let's move on and uh, let's close out with some NASCAR. Some NASCAR stuff. Okay. Well, here's... Uh, uh, do you want to start with a recap of the uh, of the race? Yeah. Would you Would you think Got of the my two cents on it? I mean, yeah. I I thought it was. Where you said Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen. Mm -hmm. Boring. Another boring road course. Back to back. They did at least have a caution. They did. It ended three hours and fifteen minutes, Travis, of continuous road course racing. Hmm. It's a lot of That's green a flag lot racing. Green flag racing. <laughs> And here's the problem. There's not a lot of side-by-side -side racing at Watkins Glen. Never has been. But part of that is because they've made the track too driver-friendly. What I mean by that is, if you watch the, the race, when they go into turn one and turn to the right, they've made all of that now asphalt for safety. Yeah. That used to not be there. There used to be a sand trap right there. So you couldn't swing all the way out there because... Right, I, thought, I thought that that was mm -hmm. different. And then at the, the what's called the bus stop, they have flattened the curbs there. They used to be about two to three inches up in the air to where if you hit them, it would launch your car. But they flattened them now. So a driver just goes through there full bore because it's just a straight line. There's no penalty for driving over the curbs. Mm -hmm. Same thing coming out of the, the, the carousel. They paved all that. Turn six, they paved all that to... What they say is trying to help drivers get more room to race, and I, I don't like it. Hmm. We shouldn't be making it easier on the drivers. These are supposed to be some of the best drivers in the world. I want them racing on a hard track, not right. something that's easy for them. Yeah. I also think putting back-to-back -back road courses on the schedule was a lame idea. Whoever made that call, right? you need it's... to go back and reevaluate yourself. Especially, I mean, not to not have two road courses to decide the uh, playoffs, but it's right in the heat of right. playoff picture deciding down to the wire there. Yeah. So. And it would, I wouldn't have a problem with it if there would be more than one road course in the playoffs. But there's only one road course in the playoffs. If you're going to use road courses two out of the three, and we've now had five road courses in the regular season out of 27 races, five, almost a fifth of the schedule have been road courses. We only have one road course in the playoff. I think you need to add a road course there if you're going to make it so that these road courses, like what is the purpose of having all these road courses in the regular season and then it doesn't affect the playoffs? Right. I, I don't understand it. Yeah. I just, I'm, 
I'm not a fan. I think they need to reevaluate the schedule. I think they are. The fact that it is almost the end of August and we still don't have a schedule for next year tells me that they're doing some work to try and work on some things. Um, I hope next year we are back at Indy on the Oval. That is one thing that I have heard lots of rumors about for the 30th anniversary of the Brickyard of NASCAR racing there. It should be on the Oval, and the road course was abysmal. Mm -hmm. And I know what people are going to say, and it's the argument I've heard for years, and that is Indy's not built for NASCAR. It's built yeah, for Indy that's cars. The, the one thing people say. But you have to have a race there. Because right. it's the racing capital of the world. Mm -hmm. So you have to figure out a way to make these cars raceable at Indy. Or right. you go to Indianapolis Raceway Park, which is a little short track that the trucks raced at this year. You could do that. Mm -hmm. Or Indiana is known for their dirt tracks. You find a dirt track that is a purpose-built dirt track to do an indie you'd have to really be a big one to host there's a lot of nascar them. event there's a lot of them or even eldora which is just across the border in ohio but i i think you got to give the oval one or two tries with the new car you have to at least give it a try if you still end up having absolutely awful races then you have to go back and totally reevaluate everything about being in Indy because it's just not working. Mm -hmm. And I hate saying that because again, when you think of motorsports, you think of Daytona or Indy. Those are the two. Oh yeah. So the fact not to be there, but I'll say this, one of the most popular, if not the most popular forms of motorsports in all the world is F1, and they don't race at Indy anymore. They quit racing there. They used to. They quit because it mm -hmm. wasn't putting on good shows. Mm -hmm. So they've shown that you can step away and still be okay. Yeah. So also, I think Bristol Dirt is not coming back. So that's, that's a good thing. An empty date we'll have to figure out. But the problem with that is, Travis... I don't think we're going to just regular Bristol. Hmm. I think that we are losing a Bristol date because of it. So we're only going to go to Bristol, I think, one time next year. Hmm. Which wow. I'm not I'm not happy about that. Yeah. But. Tradition. I, if you're keeping the night race, though, that's the one to keep. That's the famous one. But, again, if they want to do the dirt thing, go to a dirt track. Don't make a dirt track. <laughs> yeah. go somewhere where there's a dirt track to go on mm -hmm. Eldora Knoxville um, and like I said there's lots of them in Indy around Indy Salem's a good one um, there's a couple of courses you could go to <laughs> that I think they'll look into anyways got off mm -hmm. on a tangent there and I apologize the other th reason, Travis, why having the back-to-back -back road courses heading into the playoffs is you have moments like Bubba Wallace after the race. Did you see Bubba's interview after the race? No. Bubba was extremely emotional and was almost to the point of tears because he knows he is not a good road course racer. This is not his strong suit. This is not his form of racing. He called Scott Dixon, the IndyCar driver, 
to give him pointers. Scott Dixon, by the way, has never driven a stock car. To give him pointers just on how to get around Watkins Glen to be a better road course racer. And Bubba finished, I think, 12th, 13th, somewhere in there. And he got out of the car absolutely sobbing almost because of how emotional he was because of these past two weeks. He went into these past two weeks, Travis, with, I think, a 58-point buffer to the the last driver not in the chase. Mm -hmm. It's now down to 32 points. Hmm. All from two tracks. Sure, that's nice. That shouldn't make or break someone's season. That's not... And, and I heard one of the podcasts I listened to talking uh, this morning about, well, the only reason Bubba Wallace is here is because Chase Elliott got injured and then he right hooked someone and got penalty points for and suspended for a race for when he right hooked someone at the Coke 600. Yes, I agree. If Chase races the whole season, Chase Elliott's obviously in the playoffs. Yeah. But he didn't. Right. So why should I be out of the playoffs because I am not good at road courses? Right. Yeah, he ended up finishing in 12th yep. at Watkins Glen. Yep. Which is good for Bubba. Like yeah. He, yeah. So with the winner being William Byron, Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick both clinched playoff spots. Yeah. So they're both in. So that means heading to Daytona, Travis, there is one spot left. One spot left. One spot. Yep. Right now, Bubba has it by 32 points over Ty Gibbs. If I am Bubba Wallace this week, I am not sleeping a night. Yeah. Because Daytona's the one place you have no control. Right. But you need to. And a lot of people would say, no, he needs to be conservative. Because you got to be there at the end. Hang out in the back. But as we've seen with this next-gen car, you can't work your way up through the field. That's not something at these these pack racing that you can do easily. You can't be Dale Earnhardt in 2000 and go from 18th to 1st in three laps. These cars don't do that. Mm. The other thing is you can't have a new winner. If there's a new winner, Bubba's out. Right. Yep. So let's let's take a quick look real quick at who is following him, okay? Mm-hmm. 29th in points, Travis, nowhere near the cutoff line, is Austin Dillon. You mean the guy who won this race last year? The guy who won at Daytona last year? He could mm-hmm. win and get in. He's won a Daytona 500. He has, yeah. He's got experience at winning in these clutch moments. Eric Jones has won a Coke 400 before Mm. here at Daytona. He's a former winner at Daytona. He knows how to get it done on the plate track. Corey LaJoy, we're always talking about, is always up leading in these plate tracks and has a chance to win and something goes wrong. But what if something goes right? Mm, Yeah. Eric Amarola has won at Talladega. He was leading the Daytona 500 before he got wrecked out by Austin Dillon a couple years ago. Hmm. Justin Haley has won this race before. It's his only career win. It was rain-shortened, but he still put himself at the front of the field to win it. Mm-hmm. Austin Cindric won the Daytona 500 last year. Yeah. Chase Elliott has won Talladega. Never won at Daytona, but he's always up at the front. Alex Bowman has won restricted plate tracks like this. Mm-hmm. 
Daniel Suarez. He hasn't won at Talladega or Daytona, Travis, but Daniel Suarez has the ultimate X factor, and I heard it on a radio show earlier this week. You want to know what that is? What's that? His teammate. Mm -hmm. Because Ross Chastain said, I am pushing Daniel all night long to the win. That is my job on Saturday night, is to push Daniel to the win. And if you have someone as aggressive as Ross Chastain who says, I'm going to push him all night, that can take you pretty far. That's a teammate right there. That's a teammate right there. <laughs> and then you have Ty Gibbs. Yep. Now, I'm going to throw out a couple scenarios, Travis, that I hope we get to see. Mm-hmm. If you're Bubba Wallace, let's say we're, we're coming to uh, a restart for, for an overtime. Okay? Yeah. And let's say you're fourth place and getting ready to choose. You know how they do the choose rule. And the three people in front of you are, let's say, Austin Sendrick is leading. Let's say Chase Elliott is second, and let's say Alex Bowman is third. Are you going to push Austin Sendrick? No. Because you know those Hendrick guys are going to push each other. Mm-hmm. And then settle it amongst themselves. So you right. have to. You don't have a choice. Yes, so. But you have to push him as far as you, you think you can and then try to make the win. However, let's not forget that if Akash comes out on the white flag, the race is over no matter where you're at. Yep. Here's another interesting situation. Let's say we're coming down to the end of the race. Bubba's battling side-by-side side with Ty Gibbs. Hmm. And the third-place driver is Denny Hamlin. Yeah. Ty Gibbs, of course. Joe Gibbs' grandson. Denny Hamlin drives for Coach Gibbs. Bubba Wallace, his car. Trying to get into the postseason. Who's he pushing? <laughs> because here's why, Travis. Both of them. Denny Hamlin has not signed a contract for next year. Hmm. There's rumors that 2311, his team, is being dropped by Toyota and that they're going to be moving to Ford possibly. Hmm. Which means, I would think, I, I, I haven't heard anything, but Denny Hamlin can't be driving a Toyota and have a car that's owned and drives a Ford. That's a conflict of interest, yeah, I would think. Yeah, that is a conflict. So, Denny has said on his podcast and in other media outlets that he has a contract. It's all signed. There's just one sticking point. And supposedly that one sticking point is Toyota support for 2311 racing. Hmm. This may sound familiar, but there's a guy named Kyle Busch who was signed with Joe Gibbs who had a truck team, and Toyota decided they didn't want to support it anymore, and so he left Toyota and went to Rich Childress Racing. Mm -hmm. That was just last year. Here we are doing the same Here we are thing. again. So come Saturday night, who's Denny Hamlin pushing? Because I think he's pushing Bubba because mm -hmm. he's the owner of that car. That car is tied to him no matter what. Mm -hmm. I, I think he pushes Bubba. But, Travis, I want that to happen so badly. <laughs> yeah. I also want Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott side-by-side side with Kyle Larson or William Byron behind them. What do they do? What teammate do they push into the playoffs? Because mm -hmm. you can't push both. They both can't win. No. And it's going to take a win to get in for both those drivers. Mm -hmm. Who do they help? Wow. There's so many <laughs> unknowns. And this is Daytona, where there's already unknowns. 
Sure. But now you throw all these guys who, again, I just went through the list. The guy who's 29th in points right now, Austin Dillon, has a shot at making the playoffs because they get a win here. Yeah, all because it's Daytona. All because it's Daytona. And if you're Bubba Wallace again, you can't ride around in the back. You have to be at the front, whether it be stage points or mm-hmm. just to be up there to dictate what's happening in the race and manipulate what's happening, to be a part of it. Right. You can't just let it go to fate and say, well, I'm up 32 points. I can just kind of cruise, be safe, and and be okay. You have to go. Yeah, you can't do that. And you talk about someone like Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick. They're both locked in. Mm-hmm. But right now, Travis, those two drivers are battling – for 10th place in the playoff grid. Now, why is that important? You get bonus points if you're 10, 10th place in the grid. Hmm. Ending into the, the playoffs, you get bonus playoff points. So they're hmm. going to still be fighting, even though they're both locked in. They're still going to be fighting. Guys are still trying to position themselves for the playoffs to get better spots. It's going to be a wild night in Daytona Saturday, and we'll hmm. talk more about that uh, on Friday when we do pick them. But speaking yeah. of pick them... Um, both of our drivers did awful. I got a win because I picked Chase Elliott. He finished 32nd. Chase Briscoe finished 35th. We're not going to talk about that anymore because both of our picks were absolutely awful. Yeah. Nah, nah. So that means going into the regular season finale, I am up by four points, 16 to 12. Up by four. Yep. And after this week, all of the drivers reset. Pick anyone on the grid again. Very well. Definitely be uh, looking forward to uh, the race and looking forward to uh, the last regular season pick em. It's so, a great weekend for sports, Travis. Yeah, it really it's is. It's a great weekend to be it a sports really, fan and an entertainment fan. It really is. Absolutely. So uh, we'll talk about uh, that more. And again, catch us here on the uh, pod tomorrow. We're going to be talking Apollo Conference football as well as joined by other area coaches as well. So uh, no live show, so catch us in the pod. Till then, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Stay cool out there. Peace. Peace.